Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day. Keeps us in God's Word, only about 13 minutes or so, but it helps us to stay focused on our relationship with God, upon our soul's salvation, upon how we're living our lives on a daily basis, and it also helps us to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, help people in your life make this change of direction, help them grow in their faith, help them get to heaven by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around and spend eternity in heaven. What a great blessing for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to bring our line of thought and study to a close today. We're studying about Jesus Christ, your Savior, your Savior. Now, a lot of people would recognize him intellectually as being their Savior. A lot of people among those would openly admit verbally that he is their savior. But there's a difference between believing and even making statements and truly coming to Jesus his way as your savior. Have you come to Jesus, your savior? We've looked at, well, more scriptures than I can tell you right now that identify Jesus as your savior. He was identified as such even before his physical birth into this world by an angel sent from God speaking to Joseph, who would be his legal father from a Jewish perspective, though not his biological father, in Matthew chapter 1. He was identified as the savior of mankind to shepherds in the field on the night that he was born physically into this world in the city of Bethlehem. He was identified as the Savior over and over and over and over again through the New Testament scriptures. And he fulfilled all of the prophecies from the Old Testament scriptures of the coming Savior. And we looked at Isaiah chapter 53 specifically. Wounded for us, bruised for us, crucified for us. He fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Savior in his own person as he went through this physical life for about 33 years on this earth, through his ministry upon this earth for about three to three and a half years, and also through his death on the cross as the perfect one time for all time, ultimate sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind for all time. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, we read this. 1 John 3, verses 5 and 6. You know that he, that is Jesus, was manifested, that is, he was brought into this world. He lived here. He was born in physical form. He was manifested to take away our sins. Now make that personal again. He came to take away your sins. 
and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him, that is, lives in him, does not continue to live in sin. Whoever sins has neither, and that is, continues to live a lifestyle of sin, has, never, has neither seen him nor known him. Are you still living in sin? And I'm not talking about making a mistake and committing a sin here and there. Are you living in sinfulness? Are you living a lifestyle of sinfulness? When the apostles were preaching the gospel of Christ in the early days of the church in Acts chapter 3, a crowd gathered after God through Christ, or God through rather Peter, had healed a man who had been lame from birth. A crowd gathered, and Peter and John began preaching to them the gospel of Christ. In verse 19, they said, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see, mankind's gravest problem, now if you listen to people in the media or people who are philosophizing or politicians or in some cases people studying climate and on and on and on, they may tell you that man's gravest prop problem is, well, and they have di- they'll have different answers, overpopulation of the earth, climate change, famine, drought, and the list goes on and on. But none of those qualify as man's gravest problem. Our gravest problem, your biggest problem, is sin. Sin. Because the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. But God has offered you, through your Savior, eternal life, forgiveness of your sins, redemption from the guilt of your sins. The rages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6 and verse 23. But God expects you to repent. In fact, he requires you to repent of your sins. Again, why did Jesus come? He came, what did we read a moment ago? In 1 John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, he came to wash away our sins, to cleanse us from the guilt of our sins. Jesus did not come to save you in your sins. He came to save you from the guilt of your sins. But he expects you to repent. Again, he expects you to repent. You cannot continue to live in a sinful lifestyle and hope to be okay with God and with Christ, your Savior. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, Peter tells us that God is long-suffering toward us. That is, he's patient. He's giving you time. He's giving mankind time to come to repentance long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is giving you time right now to come to repentance. 
when Saul of Tarsus, who had been a violent enemy of the church that Jesus established on this earth, one who had tried to compel people to, who were Christians to blaspheme the name of Christ, hunted them down, took them prisoners, voted for their execution in some cases. When he was finally confronted with the error of his way by the Lord himself, the Lord sent a man, a Christian man named Ananias, to teach Saul what he needed to do. It's interesting that even though the Lord confronted him and spoke to him directly on the road to Damascus, the Lord told him, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Saul was not saved when the Lord confronted him on that road. He had to learn what he needed to do. And so Ananias, sent by the Lord, a Christian man, came to him and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Acts 22 and verse 16. Saul responded in obedience. He was baptized into Christ, and I'm not talking about having some water poured over his head or sprinkled upon him or having some water rubbed on his forehead. The word baptize means bury, immerse, plunge, dip, submerge. Sprinkling, pouring, rubbing some water on somebody's forehead, those are all devisings of mankind. They are not baptism as taught in the New Testament scriptures. Paul, Saul, later to become the Apostle Paul, a faithful, dedicated gospel preacher and writer of more New Testament books than any other inspired writer. He obeyed his Lord and was baptized. What about you? Have you come to Jesus Christ, your Savior, his way? Have you repented of your sins? Have you confessed your faith in him? Luke 13 and verse 3, Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. Have you surrendered to him in true baptism for the purpose of having the blood that he shed on the cross cleanse you of the guilt of your sins? In Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 3, the apostle Paul talked about what is accomplished for us through baptism into Christ. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? How does that say we get into Christ? Through baptism. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Again, baptism is a burial in the water. That just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Jesus was literally buried in that tomb after he died physically on that cross, and then he arose from that grave alive. Verse 3 says we, are, we die to that life of sin. We're buried in the waters of baptism, and we're raised up out of that watery grave to walk in newness of life because we've been baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. 
For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 5. Have you been baptized into Christ? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you been made new spiritually? Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 that those who have come into Christ, have been baptized into Christ, have been made new, have been made a new creation from a spiritual perspective. How have you responded to Jesus Christ, your Savior? His invitation is still open to you. You're still alive. You can still respond. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. We'd like to help you. Contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and talk to us that way. Or phone us at 402-498-8397. We'd like to help you. Come to Jesus Christ, your Savior, His way. Let's pray. Father, please touch souls with the truth of your word, with the love that you have exhibited through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving us so much. Please help people open their hearts and come to you through Him in baptism so the blood he shed on the cross can cleanse them of the guilt of their sins and they can be reborn spiritually. We pray this, Father, and we pray, Father, for our forgiveness. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.